you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Have You Not Heard? This is Angel H. Davis. I am your host. Today, we're going to be talking about the superpower of God's joy, encouragement, and hope, and how we can obtain that by changing the way we think. So my great plans for this week's episode did not come to pass because life happened. You know what I'm saying? When life happens, unexpected interruptions, crises, even joys that interrupt our plans and are unexpected can throw us off, right? And it reminds me, I know, that the control that I think I have is really an illusion. So when my plan... um, a doesn't come to pass. I figure it must be God's plan B. So I've been asking him, what God is your plan A? What do you really want me to say today? What is it you have to say through me today? And so I've pondered and prayed and life kept coming at me and so fast. I'm sure it's the same for you. Um, We're in intense season and the days uh, sometimes are very intense I know I've had more suicides, unfortunately, in our family group, our friend group. Um, Luckily, one was not successful, so we're praying for that person to find freedom and healing. There's been more illnesses, um, and I'm sure you guys have had that in your area also. But also in the uh, other flip side of that, some healings that are happening, people getting free from cancer. Um, and then there's literal, literal wars going on. I'm sure you're interceding like I am for our friends across the pond. And then floods. I had a literal flood in my house this week. Yes, it was my fault. We might be talking about that. We'll see if it comes up as an example. But anyway, as I pondered all this and prayed about it, you know, the Lord is highlighting to me that his joy and the and his encouragement and the hope that comes from him and his truths are superpowers for our souls. And they insulate us against the wear and tear from the hardships of life and the darkness that is swirling around us. But how in the world do we obtain this hope and joy and encouragement and stay in it once we obtain it? when all those arrows are flying at us so quickly. That's what we're going to explore today. So let's get going. Okay, so if you were in my therapy office, sitting on my couch or my chair, whichever you prefer, I would tell you that we don't have control over the outcome of things. We do have a choice on how we deal with what is happening to us whether it's joys or traumas or in between, we, how we respond to it, what we think about it can make all the difference in the world of how our life goes despite the outcomes. So what is the key that makes the difference? It is our thought life. It is how we look at things, what we believe, how we think, how we choose to think. We are not out of control of what we put into our brains or what we choose to let remain and what we choose to believe. Although I know sometimes it feels like we don't have a choice about that. And we'll talk about that. I've been in seasons of my life where 
I felt like I had no control over the negative thoughts in my life. And then I was, God taught me differently. We call it um, mind renewal in the Bible. We've been talking about this through lots of episodes, but today we're going to just really focus on it. Um, In psychology, we call it cognitive behavioral uh, treatment or cognitive reframing. So it's when our thought life changes. Now I'm not, there are a small minority of people that have biochemical issues and really cannot control the thoughts, but I'm talking about most people that deal with negative thinking, anxiety, depression, that kind of thing, um, that we do have a locus of choice and control of what we allow to remain in our thoughts and what we feed our brain with and our thought life with. So as um, psychologists know what we think becomes what we believe, what we believe drives our feelings and actions, and then these lead to behaviors and eventually that is where our destiny um, is made up of. So we don't have ultimate control of the outcomes, but we do have influence and we do have choice along the way. And we can control the things we can and then let go of the things we cannot, like other people's feelings and opinions and and outcomes of things. We, We cannot control those things. But when we do take charge of the things we have ability to make a difference in, it brings us peace. It brings us Um, that resilience that we've been talking about. So that in itself is, um, you know, important. I read recently on how media of all types is a primary tool that is conforming our value system. Think about that for a minute. Media, which we get through our cell phones. So it's Instagram, Facebook, we get it through Googling, we get it through the articles and the apps and all the things that we see on our um, phone or on our computer or on TV, the shows we watch, the news channels we watch, um, and everything in between. That is shaping our value system. Now, I'm going to date myself, but that's okay. (laughs) It is what it is. When I was growing up, We had a TV with three channels, literally. That was it. Um, No computers, no anything else. So there wasn't a lot of outside influence beyond the home and church and friend group that conformed my value system. That has dramatically changed since the onset of our technology. Um, We know that technology is really good or it can be really bad. It depends on how we use it. But anyway, it is shaping our value system. And on the average, this study showed that people spend six and a half hours a day listening or watching to opinions and values of the world or the culture. And if you're a Christian who attends church, then you get an hour a week of God's teaching, unless you're doing your own reading and praying and Bible studying, you know, outside of church. So think about that. 2,300 hours per year absorbing society's values versus 52 hours on God's truth. Let that sink in. I didn't do the statistics on that, but you can tell that we're getting a whole boatload of world and culture 
above God's truth unless we're intently working on that. So what do you suppose is shaping our thinking, whether subconsciously or consciously? It is the world. So we really have to think about what we're thinking about. I know that sounds funny, but we do because um, what we feed our brains can either be junk food or health food, just like we feed our bodies. So we have to think about what are we feeding our brains? Are we feeding it the latest trends, the latest, um, uh, you know, statistics, the latest, whatever that's on the news. Now I'm not saying those things aren't important, but if we make them more important than the truth of God, then we, it becomes a problem. And we'll talk about that more in a second. So think about what we're ingesting in our brains and like hope to the soul is water to the body. As we've talked about, God showed me that not long ago, the word of God is health. Sorry. The word of God is health to our thoughts in our brain. And just like healthy food is to our bodies, we need to ingest truth, God's truth in his word. And we need to ingest it about who he really is, get the truth of who he is and the truth of who we are. That's our starting point. Because if, if we have his character and his true character, then we understand the Bible so much better, um, and then if we understand who we are, our true identity, then we're not shaped so much by the culture as we would be if we don't understand our true identity. So then we have to make a choice to believe his truth over uh, the lies of Satan. So we are in a war. Um, and when we buy into God's truth and what he says is healthy for us, it creates healthy boundaries and there's freedom in that. Um, you know, we live in a world that everybody wants to define their own truth. And we, we, the culture has let go of God's truth as being the truth. When I grew up, that was what the culture was built around was God's truth. Whether you claim the Bible or you claim being a Christian or not, the truths were still anchored. Um, and now we can all define our own truth and we see how well that's working, right? Um, we see literal brother against brother. We see Christians in fighting. You know, it, 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 it's either you believe my truth or you're um, canceled or, um, you know, I don't like you or whatever. It, it, how do we, where does it stop? Where does it stop when we can um, define our own truth? Because, you know, how I feel or what I think might change tomorrow and my truth might be different. And then, you know, it goes on and on and on. And then, you know, how is it that we're going to be unified if everybody gets to define their own truth? So you understand where I'm going with that, I think. And we got to remember that God came to bring life and life abundant. So even the things we don't understand or the hard things that seem hard in the Bible, his character is about life and life abundant. And so we need to always look at it through that. Um, so like a kid that may not like the restrictions that the parent puts on you, 
um, the parent knows is for your good, your safety, your security, your overall health as you grow up. And God knows that about us. And so he gives us, there may be uh, boundaries to live within, but they are to bring life and life abundant. And we have an enemy and the enemy of our soul comes to still kill and destroy that life. So um, I need to, you to use your imagination. Think about a triangle. Now, someday I'm going to do this on video and you'll all have visuals, but today you have to use your imagination. So think about a triangle and think about in 2 Corinthians 13, God talks about how faith, hope, and love remain, meaning those are the eternal things that will go. They, they're here through Christ and Holy Spirit, and they will remain in eternity, faith, hope, and love. So think about that like on a triangle, love at top, on the top, faith and hope on the two sides. And under hope would be mercy and grace. Um, and then the enemy of our soul that wants to come and steal those eternal things from us. Uh, think about that as a triangle. So at the top, the attack from the enemy is to steal the love of God. So it's to steal A, like he did in the garden to make us doubt God's love and B, doubt our identity. But it leads to lack. We feel like we lack the love we need and we're looking for it in all the wrong places, as the song says. So that's at the top. At the, the, instead of faith, he brings in fear. So when we're not rooted in God's true character and our identity, fear enters in just like it did in the Garden of Eden. And that overtakes faith. We can only live in faith or fear. So Satan's agenda is to get us to live in fear. And boy, hadn't that been going on with the pandemic and the war and the racial relations and everything going on. And then um, instead of hope, Satan wants to bring in judgment, condemnation. So instead of the mercy and grace of God and the hope that comes from that, he brings in condemnation. You're not enough. You're not good enough. Um, there's nothing to live for. There's no hope. All of those condemning kind of thoughts. So we've got that triangle going on. We've got a war going on and think about, um, the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Trinity as a triangle and the Holy Spirit, sovereign God and Jesus, um, being connected and they're here to help us live in this joy, in this encouragement, in this life abundant. So we're in a war. The war starts in our thought life. That's Satan's playground is what we believe and how we think. It started in the Garden of Eden and his tactics hasn't changed because he doesn't change. Um, he's not the creator. He can't do new things. So what do we do? How do we become insulated to the attacks of the enemy so that we can live in God's joy and hope? One of the scriptures I like to, you know, use as an anchor is 2 Corinthians 10, 5. And it says, we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Okay, what does that mean? Let's break it down. So, there are arguments, sophisticated arguments against the true knowledge of God. We know that. 
there's that in science and we've got um, books written about it. We have our own um, arguments in our brain uh, about how we know better than God knows better. And yes, God's word might say this, but I'm going to do this instead. And every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against a true knowledge of God. Think about the things that we count on um, instead of God. Um, but there's this, this kind of uh, pride that goes into that, thinking I know more than God or this is going to help me more than God could help me. And, and um, one of the versions of the Bible says we're destroying every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And then we are taking every thought and purpose captive and bringing it into the obedience of God. So the way we count, counteract these arguments and pretensions and and, and arrogant, proud thoughts that set themselves up against God, whether it's within yourself or outside of yourself, is we take them captive. We take the thoughts. We look at the thought. Does this thought match up with God's word and his character and who he says I am and who he says he is and who he says other people are? Um, and if not, then we bring it into the obedience of Christ, meaning that we believe God's word over those thoughts. Not easy, but very possible, especially if you're counting on the Holy Spirit to do this um, for you and in you. We cooperate with the Holy Spirit. He's the one that does um, all the deep work and the work that remains. So think about it like we are a phys physician's assistant. He's the physician. He's doing the brain surgery, so to speak. We're going to um, allow him to do that and just uh, be willing to let him do that surgery. Um, so let's talk about, I have 10 things listed that we can do to cooperate with God in renewing our minds and setting our thoughts on the admirable, honorable, good things in life and about God that, that Philippians 4, 8 tells us to do. And the promise in that, those scriptures is that if we do this, if we ask God for what we need and, and um, let him help us then his peace will guard our heart and our mind. And um, our job is to keep thinking about the positive things of God and his truth. So think about what you're thinking about. That's number one. So many people go through life and we never even examine our thought life. We just go on automatic pilot, get it off of automatic pilot and think about what you're thinking. Number two, be willing to seek truth. Ask God to show you truth and be willing to seek truth even if it clashes with your belief system. This is hard, y'all. This creates cognitive dissonance within us. It's like the rug gets ripped out from under us sometimes and it creates kind of a, a confusion, disequilibrium for a minute <laughs> until God's truth can seek in. Because we are so, think about it like a toddler hanging onto a pacifier or a blankie 
and they've counted on that for their solace, for their comfort, to make life right for them. And then we say, hey, it's time to let that go. Well, they don't like that very much. And it, it it's a process of learning how to do life without it. So our thought lives can be like that also. But thinking about what you're thinking about, number two, be willing to seek truth. Number three, make a decision. Decide, are you going to believe God's word over the other thoughts that you're hearing or believing if there's a dissonance there? A lot of our beliefs come from our childhood. Um, You know, research shows that our first seven years of life is where we learn kind of most of our foundation of what we live out of from then on, go figure. Um, hence why it might be important to examine some of those. Um, so, you know, if this is from an early belief, why am I still believing it? Is it, is it truthful? Does it help me? Um, does it line up with God's word? Do you know, think about it. So remember, number four, that the temptation from Satan from the very beginning of time is the same temptation today. He tempted Adam and Eve um, in the garden to eat off the tree of knowledge. He tempted them to know what God knows, to try to figure things out, what is best, what is you know the right thing to do, just the tree of knowledge. God wanted us to stay in um, the tree of life, which meant that we get to do life with God, communion with God, always in his presence. And like a good father, like a good provider, like a good husband, like a good um, friend, he would be going before us, doing life with us, showing us the way, helping us along, of course, co-laboring with us, um, Uh, but that's where God wanted us to be because that's where we can be at the most peace. So Satan tempted them with sin and pride took a hold of the human race. And it's still the original sin that we all have to deal with. And that's that pretensions, those exalted and proud things that set themselves up against the true knowledge of God. So it takes humility, it takes a willingness to, and decision to believe God, um, seek truth, think about what we're thinking about. Number five, if we want, if, if what we think does not line up with God's word and truth, are we willing to lay down our old thoughts and latch into the new? Again, the, a lot of these overlap each other, but can we lay it down if not, why not? Check our motives. Check, check your purposes. A lot of times it's fear. Um, so are we going to allow the fear to rule or are we going to take a leap of faith? Um, again, I use myself as an example because I don't like to throw anybody else under the bus. But when I got to the point that our marriage to me was over, my love was dead for my husband, truly and I didn't see any way out or it could be resurrected. And God said, stay. It was one of the worst days of my life, I have to say, because I thought I'd be miserable for the rest of my life. But um, I made a choice empowered by the Holy Spirit to trust God in that moment, go with what he said is true. And then 20 years later, I can tell you <laughs> it is true. It's true. Um, 
exceedingly and abundantly more than I ever prayed or dreamed for. Not perfect, still not my perfect husband, but the husband that God chose to refine me, to um, bring life to me and my kids and my grandkids, but more importantly, to bring me closer to God. And that's the ultimate for us here on earth and in heaven. So be willing to lay down your truth for God's truth and pick up his truth. And then once we do, hang on to it, repeat it, ponder it, pray over it, repeat it again, repeat it again. Our brains are made um, with plasticity, so it can change, but we need repetition in order for it to change. So um, repeat it, reinforce it. Number seven is ask the Holy Spirit to seal it in you. So don't do this on your own. Um, The Holy Spirit is the one that helps bring it to remembrance. He promises he will bring it to remembrance. So the new truth about God, about you, about the scriptures, about how God wants you to live, the scriptures that you choose to hang on to as a lifeline, to have joy, to be encouraged, to have hope. And they're all over the Bible. Um, find one that God will give you as a lifeline, as a breath prayer to hold on to. Um, And he wants us to use our intellect, you guys. So he wants us to think, you know, if you Google, this is a good Google search, um, intellect in the Bible or thought life in the Bible, you'll see a lot of scriptures come up. And the one coming to my mind, I don't know chapter and verse, but it's come, let us reason together. So God wants us to use this brain that he's given us, our thoughts that he's given us, but he wants to do it together so that we can live in truth and have life and life abundant and the joy that flows from that. That doesn't mean everything goes well, you guys. It means that God is with us. And because of that, and because of the hope that that brings, we can still have life and life abundant, no matter our circumstances. And, um, The persecuted churches are a great way to get examples of that. I just heard um, boots on the ground update from our uh, church leader in Syria, and he hadn't been back to the country in a couple months, and um, things are worse than ever, worse than ever. You know, we, our gas may be going up and we might have to wait in line a little bit, but they can't even find gas that's just not even an option and food and water and all the essentials um, are just difficult to obtain, but they have joy because of the Lord. So there's all kinds of examples around us about the joy. I think of somebody that's suffering right now um, because their loved one's in the hospital and they can sleep at night because they're trusting God. And um, many of us are not able to do that, but they've trained their brain. They've had enough experience to, and the Holy Spirit has helped seal the truth in there, in them, that if God says, trust me, they trust him. So it's possible. It's very possible. It is not easy, but it's possible and it's worth it. So ask Holy Spirit to help you, to seal it in you. Ask your friends to help. Help remind you of what is true, and what is real, what is honorable. If you start going down that road of unbelief or believing the lies of the enemy, 
Give your friends permission to correct you and remind you about truth. Write it down. Journal it. Write it out. Our brains remember better when we write things down and we read it. And again, repetition. And then number 10, keep reading the Bible, reading uh, scriptures, reading books of scriptures or, or the word of God, uh, listening to podcasts or worship music or songs that help reinforce the word of God and his truths. Pray, pray to God. Remember, as a Christ follower, or if you're not, you can be today a Christ follower by believing that he died for your sin and he is overcome that and paid for every uh, sin that you have had or will have and that he has died and rose and shed his blood um, for you. That's what Easter is all about. Um, Then we can um, have that intimate, loving relationship with him and hear directly from him and remember, remember, remember truths of who he is, testimonies in the Bible, testimonies of your own life, testimonies of friend's life, and remember his truth and keep remembering. Remember to take your thoughts captive, put them under the truths of God, and let God's truth take over your life. And that's where that joy and that hope and the encouragement comes from. And that's how we keep it. So bless you this week as you practice these things. I've put that list of 10 things in in the show notes if you want to go back and look. Do your own Google search on um, thought life and scripture and hope and encouragement and joy. But find, find the lifeblood of God that is in the word to hold on to. Um, There's a verse, and I think I've mentioned this before, Isaiah 30, 15 that I held on to like a lifeline in some of the darkest times of my life. And it says, in quietness and confidence is your strength. So in speaking to my soul, to believe God, to um, focus on him and holding on to his truths, that's what was um, the lifeline and brought the joy and encouragement and hope eventually. So... Um, have fun practicing. Heaven knows we got lots of opportunities to practice these days, but I will pray us out. I also just want to mention that I've got a couple of really exciting interviews coming up. So look forward to the journey with you and uh, God bless. So Lord Jesus, I do. I just pray for everyone listening. I pray that your joy, your encouragement, your hope that only comes from you, that cannot be taken away, that can be in the bedrock of our souls, foundation that your um, life and life abundance springs from, would come alive in each individual soul as they allow you to look at their thought life, to examine it, to allow you to renew their thoughts so they can become a new person and that they can worship you, Lord, as they were designed to worship you and be in joy with you despite the circumstances. You are our hope. You are our salvation. And we are so grateful. So anchor everyone deeper into your marvelous love 
and all the fruits of the Holy Spirit that come from that. We thank you, Lord. We're counting on you, and we're so grateful. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.